evening, and welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce our panel of, uh, of professionals to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaller. We also have retired Chief John Newman, retired Major Ronald McMullen, also running for Hillsborough County Sheriff at ronmcmullen.com. Uh, we've got retired Captain Brett Bartlett, retired Corporal David D. Gresta, and all the way from New York, retired Officer Cody Ann Cook. We also have producer Will Statzer on the show. And uh, David, I don't did I cover you, David? David D. Gresta, Corporal David D. Gresta. All right, good. And also a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, we are sponsored by Extra Duty Solutions and also by GunLearn.com. So more information about them later, but we appreciate the sponsorship. We're also powered by Pexip. And we are syndicated on the radio five days a week through Good Talk Radio. More information about them later as well. And our content this evening is from policeone.com, also lawenforcementtoday.com, and leoaffairs.com. All right, guys, moving along here then, let's go to our, our next controversial topic. And, you know, we talked about this last week, uh, but there's some more videos out there. Some people on YouTube are wanting to know we're changing our opinion uh, because of this as well. So let's go ahead and... Um, and talk about it. We're on firstcoastnews.com and sfgate.com. And uh, I guess so the existing one, there's a video encounter between Gregory and Travis McMichael and Ahmed Arbery. So that's the video that we've already talked about on last week's show. So new information is a 911 call from his son, Travis McMichael. That happened two weeks before the shooting actually occurred. And um, he says, you know, on the 911 call, there's a man that's running that sees him looking at him. He runs into like a home that's under construction, puts his hand in his pocket so he doesn't know whether the guy was armed or not. So that's the first thing we're going to be talking about. So that's that 911 call. The second, there's a long surveillance videotape. It's, it's, uh, it looks like there's a house across the street that's got a surveillance video, and it shows the guy um, walking up to the home under construction, going in and then coming out a little bit later. So it's a long tape to watch just to see that happen. So not much really pertinent information on there. Uh, number three, there's more surveillance video of Ahmed in a construction home. And uh, the only thing that people say he took may have been water, but he didn't steal anything out of the house. I mean, someone said he might have taken water, but even uh, interviews with the owner of the house said that nothing was taken from it. And then number four, um, the father, Gregory McMichael, uh, there's an article about him losing his power to make arrest when he worked for the state attorney's office. And then fifthly and lastly, there's a battle going on uh, between the DA and commissioners, two commissioners and the police department. So that said, um, I think that's enough to get into. I, mean, I got I got more nuts and bolts with the names of the people and the uh, circuit judge that's involved in all this stuff. But I know it's going to be a, an interesting discussion. So if anyone wants to start that off, uh, David, why don't you go in, uh, and, and get us? Does that change your opinion at all? Yeah, no, not, nothing that I read in any of the articles about any part of it changes anything as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, there, if there's some argument about Georgia law and, you know, a citizen's arrest and, and, and all that kind of crap, I don't even think that's going to hold water with this, this situation. I, I just can't see it. Uh, so it, n none of it changes my opinion from last time. It, it's all still the same. Uh, these guys are wrong, uh, and uh, it it's it's going to end badly for them. I'm I'm fairly certain. You know, we were on YouTube. You know, we were talking about. I think I made I, I made a commentary during the show last week 
about, you know, it wasn't like these guys were calling the cops. Hey, this guy's, you know, he's headed south on Main Street, making a right-hand turn on, you know, on uh, Primer. And, you know, they were doing this all themselves. And not that that would have alleviated some of these concerns or some of the, uh, you know, the um, consequences for their actions. But the 911 call was one that happened not at the time. It happened two weeks earlier. So, um, all right, so no changes. No one on the panel, I'm assuming, has changed their opinion about this being a bad shoot then from last week. Ron, Major Ron, we got a thumbs down from no, John. No, I, <clears throat> absolutely nothing has changed. Um, what's, what's even sadder is apparently the father was the one who released or, or leaked the video to the press. That, that's what the allegation is because he knew then that the country would be on his side. And I'm like, what planet are you from, you know? But the whole thing's disgusting and it's sad and it just it just trivializes life. You know, I don't you know, know if it's another life lost unnecessarily. I don't know if you, if you look at the dad's you know work file, but all the, uh, the the you know the fitness and the failures with police, the Georgia police officer standards and training. I mean, there were so many years that he went 2005, 2006, seven, nine, and ten that he missed all types of training. And uh, then he put in a request that they kind of look the other way and, and because he was having some issues at home and uh, then he couldn't qualify and he couldn't carry a gun. And then they offered an exit strategy and gave him some special assignment until he ended up, quote, retiring. So not 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 a yeah. uh, not a cop's cop or anything like that. Shame on all of them. They all the bed. All Oops, right. Sorry, producer Will. Producer Will, you got that time. Eight oh three. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Um, moving along here, then. Let's see our next one here. We are on policeone.com, and there was footage, so a video associated with this. It shows an Oregon police pursuit, shootout, and a child rescue that left a trooper hurt. So um, the Oregon State Police are involved in this. On Wednesday, they released a dramatic footage of a pursuit and a shootout that left the trooper hurt last month in uh, Klamath County. So the April 10th footage shows authorities chasing a driver, and so it's a wild chase. The driver eventually gets out of his car. He opens fire on law enforcement officers. There's bullets hitting the trooper's patrol car. Guys, you can see this on the video. It's crazy, and the trooper can be seen returning fire. So the footage later shows a law enforcement officer carrying a young child away from the man's car. The child, six years old, was not hurt. Now, the incident unfolded after the... Um, Klamath County Sheriff's deputies responded to a reported domestic disturbance. So an initial report indicated that there was an intoxicated man and he was trying to take his children and the uh, man had left by the time deputies arrived. Now, a state police trooper spotted the man's car a short while later. They started pursuing him. State police and local sheriffs joined in and the deputies decided to deploy a spike strip. Love those things. So the driver's brought to a stop. He gets out of his car. He starts firing shots at the cops who return fire. Trooper Cameron Gordon was injured, and the man who was identified as Matthew Brennan Goff, he died at the scene. So justice was served. Goff fired at least, listen to this, our bad guy fired 36 rounds at least in the three occupied law enforcement officer vehicles. He had an AR-15-style gun, 10 fully loaded magazines, over 250 rounds of ammunition. The guy was loaded for bear. Wow. Um, John Newman, you want to take this one first and then Ron? Sure. The first the first trooper, let me tell you something. Dave, talk about staying in the pocket. That's some awesome body cam. This guy's laying low. He's seating his magazine. But, you know, Brett always says, hey, we get into a firefight, and you're lucky if you shoot or you get on target. That bad guy, he got on target, man. 
The second car responding, he lights up that windshield. Yeah, I'm grateful, but the, you know, the officers came out and the, and the kid came out great. I'm here to tell you though, that first dude, I mean, he, he had it right. And yeah, it's 8.05. That guy had it right. It's still 8.05. He stayed in the pocket. He waited. He returned fire. You know, scary situation. They ought to go home and hit their knees that night. Thank God they're still alive. But that was a bad dude. Great. Well, Ron and David. You know, I had the same thing. It's like, at what point do we know the kid was back there? When they took the kid out of the car, my stomach was queasy. Do you remember what the, you know, when the kid was, uh, when the babysitter was babysitting the kid and then went to uh, go buy crack and then went to <laughs> steal it and run and then they shot the baby in the back and the car seat and the baby's, you know, quadriplegic? I mean, I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. But everyone walked away. So, like you said, you know, they should all be thanking the good Lord above. Yeah, in the pockets is an understatement. You know, when the cop pulls up and you see the body cam video go over, you know what's happening. He's he's covering behind the behind the engine block, and you can see the windshield fragments coming in on him, and the dust and crap that that. And he's just sitting there, just sitting there waiting, just waiting, waiting, waiting for the receiver to get clear so he can step up and throw one down the field, throw a missile down the field. Not a virus missile, uh, Brett, but but a couple of uh, a couple of nine millimeter missiles, um, and then up and through the windshield. That's one of those times where shooting through the windshield becomes imperative. But oh my God, I'm I'm surprised he can get out of the car and actually carry his balls with him. What time is it? Eight oh seven. I mean, incredible, incredible. Um, I mean, incredible. And then to get out, goes around to the back of the car, takes cover. You know, he, he reloaded in the car. I mean, everything was just in focus. This guy was on the mark. I mean, get Tom Brady out of here. I want him as the quarterback at, <laughs> at Tampa. I mean, work with me. Wow. All good. All good stuff, guys. Anybody else? All right. Well, talking about all this gun stuff, guys, there's only one thing left to talk about. And that is no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there is that knowledge gap which leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com took the confusion out of learning and made them easy. So GunLearn.com, it's the first and only company that offers a step-by-step -step program that takes you, takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their trainings approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearms manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything Leos need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Start today with online training or register to attend a live seminar. Get free training for yourself and your personnel by hosting a seminar at no cost to your agency. Come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. And you know, our panelist, uh, retired Captain Brett Bartlett, he gives him two thumbs up because he's been in that training class. So, and he's got the certification. So, all right, guys, we've got a little bit more time here left. Um, not much, uh, but a little bit. So let's see our next one here. Police1.com LAPD releases body camera footage in a controversial use of force incident so again lapd so two officers are seen approaching the man who begins to walk away from them and then the officers 
uh, or they're originally, I guess, responding to a, a trespassing call. So the man can be heard. He's cursing and he appears to be combative. The officer then orders the man to turn around and the man seems to struggle briefly. And then he knocks the officer's camera to the ground. And I, I believe there was what a, a female officer off to the side. So the officer seen in one of the videos punched the man at least a dozen times. His partner, the female, draws her taser, didn't use it. So the officer says uh, that he used force because the man grabbed his hand. So the man sustained minor injuries, did not want treatment. He was released and not charged with a crime. Did you guys get that? The bad guy was released, not charged with a crime after getting the helicopter put on him. So the Los Angeles Times reports that the department has not identified the officer who struck the suspect. The officer's been assigned to home pending an investigation. Well, I think we might have an indication where this might lead. The officer's partner was placed on administrative duty. Uh, wild. Uh, Ward Mythaler, why don't you take it first, and then David DeGrester will break down the use of force. Yeah, yeah, I, I may have been missing something here. With respect to the cursing and apparent combativeness of the, of the bad guy, I thought the police officer was cursing even more, and it didn't appear to me that this guy was very combative at all. Uh, I think the I think the police officers uh, cursing one particular fu that was totally uncalled for is going to get this guy into trouble. I have a lot of trouble believing his story. At first, he said the finger was grabbed, really, and then he said he wasn't cooperative. So, I, I think I think this is a very problematic uh, uh, detention. You know, Ward. Uh, you know, Brett's asking people to pull his finger all the time on the show. I don't know what the freaking <laughs> difference is, you know, but. That's just me. That's, I can see Ward's finger right now. That's all I see from Ward. I see a finger. So I mean, crap. It's yeah. it, it's it's on the street that Brett's asking people to pull pull his finger. Um, <laughs> you know that the, the first the first indicator was when the female officer d during the during I think it was on her some one of their body cam footage says to her partner, the male partner, oh, this is one of those guys who talks big until he goes into handcuffs. So she had read the guy fairly accurately. Now, this is a fairly large uh, uh, male that they were interacting with or having this, this, this confrontation with. But the, uh, the, the, the male police officer obviously was, um, where he is now is probably is, is an EAP. In, in the employee assistance program is probably where he is right now. That's why you can't find him. Um, because he was so full of uh, frustration, anger, and rage that that one little thing just threw him over and, and it, it was gone. He was, he was gone. Um, he had totally, he totally lost control of himself and his actions, his mouth, everything at that point. And the female became ineffectual because I think she was so overwhelmed by his loss of control that she just kind of stood there like, what the heck do I do? And you could hear her saying his name, Frank, she's Frank. <laughs> Instead of just literally pushing him off or tasing him off and then tasing the bad guy and putting him on the dirt. That being said, I'll, I'll explain to Ward what happens with the, with, with the, he grabbed my hand. You turn a suspect around, he puts his hand, they put their hands behind their back, and this has happened many times. They put their hands behind their back, they put the back of their palms together, or they put their hands together like this, whatever the case may be. You reach in and you grab them by the wrist or the hand to put the first cuff on. And then they grab your hand with their hand while it's behind their back. I don't know, sometimes you wonder why it's, you know, I, Women try to dig their fingernails in, guys try to, I don't know what the reason is. It, it doesn't really have that great of an effect. 
Um, it's, e it's easily overcome. It's just sometimes I think a reflective action that some of these suspects have out of fear, out of whatever. They grab your hand while you're trying to handcuff them with, when your hands are all tangled up. That's what happened to this guy. No excuse that it was enough for him to lose control like that, which he obviously did. But when he was saying, he grabbed my hand, he grabbed my hand, I realized what he was saying or what he meant by that. Um, the guy had, had grabbed his hand while he's trying to handcuff. Um, that being said, the reaction that he had was completely, like I said, he lost it. He's out of control. When he reached up, ripped his sunglasses off his head and threw them on the ground, at that point, again, flag, gigantic red flag number two that he was, he was gone. She, again, she should have tased him, knocked him down, and then turned and tased the bad guy. Um, and that, that would have probably gone over better. All right. Thank you, hey, David. Chip. Chip, I, I disagree with Ward. I, I think the guy was combative. I mean, I really, really do. You remember, he's walking away, then he stops and comes back, and that gives rise to the um, female officer saying, he's all talk to the handcuffs go on. But, you know, when you look at take away the body camera video, look at the, the, the cell phone video coverage from across the street, he wasn't even implementing any techniques that they probably, I mean, he was tossing haymakers. You know what I mean? He was, he was tossing, you know, Tyson Holmes. You know, I mean, he's yeah. looking for that one shot. And he's just swinging on the guy. He lost his cool. It's a classic case of triggers and, and you know, things that trigger you and things that pull you in. Um, he allowed that guy to, you know, to just, you know, get to the best of him to the point that he snapped just like that. I'm not sure what they're going to be able to offer this guy. I think Dave's right. Most time, I would sit there with my partner. If she's sitting, you know, if she or he's sitting there, where hey, I'm going to tase them, and they're not doing anything. I think she's probably realizing we just went from zero to sixty, you know, like in a second. Frank, what are you doing? Right? You know, back off. I mean, he let this bad guy, or you call him bad guy, just because he's on the other end of it. He let this individual get the best of him. I do think the guy was combative. He was a jackass. Let's not, let's not, you know, split the accountability here. But what happened, just because he ran off at the mouth that was combative, doesn't mean that he deserved any bit of the use of force that he got. Right. Ward, Ward and Cody, and then we've got to move on, guys. One other question I had is that I'm not so sure I saw any basis to detain him or stop him in the first place. It was, it, was a, it was a trespassing call. You have a, a property owner that calls and says, hey, there's this guy that's camping out of my property. The last time I went there and confronted him, he was aggressive toward me, so I'm afraid to go back. I, he, the guy's going to beat me if I go back and confront him again because you have the cops go down and run this guy off. I want a trespass warning. So if the, if the cops go there at that point and say, hey, sir, you can't be on this property. It's private property. you got to leave. Um, they, they take his name, information, and say, you've been warned. Don't come back again or you'll be arrested. Not that he couldn't have been arrested right then on the spot for trespassing on private property. The, the yard, I think the, 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 the property appeared, looked like it was fenced in. It looked like it met all the state criteria, at least here in Florida. If you wanted to right. actually press it, you probably could have gotten away with it. But he, they were going to give him a trespass warning wherein he, he would have been put on notice. You're not on this property. If you come back, you'll be arrested. Um, that, that's what the original confrontation should have been over or would have been over. Yeah. But they stopped more, the man more, well after he left. Right. But yeah, that, but, he's but still, that, he still has stuff there. There was a 901-151 stop down here in Florida. I mean, you can yeah. tell he's camping in a trespassing place. I didn't have a problem with the stop. I just had a problem how far this officer took it, and then the use of force is just unnecessary. 
you know, well, period. And, and to, Ward, to Ward's point, I, I think what Ward's asking, what he's getting to is they let the guy walk off and then they start the thing again. If you're going to if you're going to stop the guy, stop the guy right there. Don't let him walk away. If you're going to let him walk away, let him walk away. I don't give a, I don't give a crap how much he runs his mouth. Move on. Have a nice day. And, and then you turn around and you leave. Um, but the cop was already up to here. Yeah, with but it. he didn't, you he, could tell he he didn't walk it. away. Dave, he didn't, yeah, yeah, he no, didn't no, walk he went, away. He yeah, turned he around and came back. Right, but he initially took his bike and was going down the sidewalk. And then him and the cop are going back and forth about, oh, I'll show you, I'll show you. And then, then he stopped, dropped his bike, and started walking back. And again, I'm not making excuses for anybody here. Um, he, he, you know, that's the guy that right from the get-go you know is going to be a problem. You're going to stop him right there on the spot. I'm not letting it go that far. Um, and so that's where there were several mistakes made by, that, by the, the male police officer that let this thing escalate, the guy got to him, and like you said, John, he snapped and it was over. All right, guys. Well, look, all good input. You know, if people want to learn how to watch our show, we have a live show every Monday evening, 7 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. Uh, all you have to do is, is simply go to our YouTube channel, type in Leo Roundtable, make sure you subscribe to the channel, have your alerts turned on, and you get notices every week before we do our live show. In fact, we've got a lot of our YouTube fan base is conversing with us during the live show right now. I know Cody and Brett are on there talking with them. I do it as time permits. we got producer Will on there as well. Now, we're actually going to be starting a stream to Facebook. I was not able to get it hooked up with Pexip uh, by today, by the night, but by, to, by next week, we'll be also streaming on Facebook. That's the plan. So uh, that's all good. And also, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of good options. You know, we also have our own podcast now. So we are on Anchor. So if you guys go to anchor.fm, you'll see us on there. We've got an RSS feed. We're on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify. And we're on a whole list of other ones to be added to, including Apple Podcasts as well. So that's, you know, coming down the pipe. We're syndicated on the radio five days a week, the Good Talk Radio. They're part of the Cutting Edge Radio Network based out of Mesa, Arizona. We're on at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So that's our 80-minute show if you guys want to check us out there. Um, we've got a lot of other options, too. You know, Police One, we're doing content for them every month. And Leo... Um, affairs.com on a weekly basis now on Saturdays they're posting our content up and also law enforcement today they're actually going to be pushing our podcast for us so um, and uh, as far as the radio download that live 365 app on your cell phone find good talk radio and you're good to go and as far as watching the show so um, that said let's go to our next story guys and um you know, it's a um, it's a wild story, and it's probably going to be the last one that we end up doing. Uh, it's on LeoFerris.com. An Illinois woman is found mauled to death by a rescued French poodle. I've got a photo up now. So, and David, I can see you shaking your head. Lisa Urso, 52 years old, found dead at her home in Illinois. Wait, it's, not a, it's not a French poodle for crying out loud, French poodle. <laughs> Officers who responded to the scene on Saturday found her mutilated body on the back porch. An autopsy confirmed that she died from injuries sustained. I'm just reading this. The autopsy confirmed she died from injuries sustained from her pet. Uh, it's a French, I guess it's a French bulldog attacked her. French bulldog. All right. The, the coroner's office said the attack began inside the home and she managed to make it out to the porch where she ended up dying. And uh, here's a quote from the Lake County coroner, Dr. Howard Cooper. This is for you, John. You don't really 
think about it happening with a smaller dog breed, but we forget animals can be powerful. And this is what he told the WGN. Here's some more of the quote. This animal has a lot of jaw strength. So the dog that fatally attacked Urso was recently adopted by Urso, had originally been bred to fight. He also indicated that most of the bite marks were on her legs and arms, some on the torso, just a lot of bites. And a lot of the scratching is what he said, too. So he hate, he said, I hate to say it, but unfortunately, it was a vicious attack. So, you know, that said, David, I think you and, you and Ward and John Newman, go ahead, guys. Brett, I'm sorry, Brett, I didn't see your mic open. Go ahead. I, I can I can start. Uh, keep in mind that this woman's name was Lisa Urso, U-R-S-O. This dog clearly had a gallbladder problem, probably gallbladder stones. Uh, uh, this, this is the truth. I'm looking at it right now as we speak. Urso Dio, common, commonly known as Urso, is used for dogs and cats for the treatment of chronic diseases and for gallbladder stones. So this dog obviously got confused and thought that the she was a drug he was supposed to take for uh, gallbladder stones. Wow. And Brett, you gave up your spot in line to let Ward go in front of, instead of you? <laughs> I just I just wet my pants a little bit. We're scratching the thanks. Thanks a lot. Now, there was another dog in the home. So the big question is, and this is maybe a working answer, can we charge a dog with felony murder because the dog was the other dog was there during the during the crime? So now there was, a, there, was a, there was a border collie and another French bulldog, and they but they said that the injuries were sustained from this one. But that's a good point. Accessories to the crime, I get it. And, and, and the other the other bulldog did have blood on it. I think that I think the article said. That's correct. You you sick guys are making fun of this woman. I can't even believe it. I'm shocked and appalled. Right? Is, is Red, this like is this like is this an episode of Snap Canine? I mean. <laughs> dogs deadliest couples are we really talking about this on the show it's a dog it's a lap dog listen you know, listen all i can say is the reason chip has this on the show is, is if you could ever see the dog that he has at his house he obviously lives in fear of this little how old is it chip 16 years old uh, your wife has to 19 has to carry it around 19. chip obviously lives in fear of this dog and so is telling everyone if something happens to me that's what it yeah, was. David, David, Brett, <laughs> Brett spots occasionally. I don't think blood on the other dog means a whole heck of a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, but that that said, Captain, Captain Brett, go ahead. You're up. Well, I just I just want to say that if it's a French bulldog, I, I don't think there's any probable cause there because if it was a French bulldog, he would have surrendered at the first sign of trouble. Either oh, that's beautiful. Either either that either that or the dog would have tried to set her on fire. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't understand how this little midget dog got her low enough to the ground to cause enough damage to kill her. I mean, it's it's tragic. I, I feel sorry for her family, uh, for the other dog that's left without her, and uh, for the people that cared about her. And the person who discovered her must have been pretty horrific. Go ahead, David. Laugh. <laughs> No, we actually have an adult in the room today. It's Cody. Because you guys are some heartless sons of bitches. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, look, we are almost out of time. Is there anybody else that, that has, maybe someone has a more constructive story? Maybe David does. Yes, David. 
No, I, I was just—I just wanted to point out that I was the one that called all you sick people sick first before John did. So I'm, I was first in line for that. Nah, okay. I'm not getting—I'm not getting hammered on YouTube for this one. All right. Well, look, great show, and uh, look, uh, thank you to our YouTube audience. You guys conversing with us on YouTube, we appreciate the support. Um, Extra Duty Solutions, uh, GunLearn.com. Thank you so much for the sponsorship, powered by Pexip and Good Talk Radio, giving us the uh, you know the uh, sponsorship on the radio five days a week. We really appreciate uh, it. So wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Why didn't Ron get in on this conversation? <laughs> That's a good point. He's the only one that that's allegedly <laughs> that's killed a little lap dog. Because you all need oh. Jesus. That's why I didn't get in on it. That's why. He's having, you're having flashbacks. <laughs> all right. On that note, um, and thank you also to police1.com, Leo Affairs, Law Enforcement Today. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week, guys. Good night.